Pastors are doing their best to navigate the confusing and challenging impacts of COVID in the way they best see fit for their entire congregation's needs. They're looking at the needs and concerns of the whole flock, yet pastors are, as always, scrutinized and judged from the comfortable armchairs of sideliners who don't bear the same burdens of responsibility. Furthermore, trying to balance a local flock's physical and spiritual needs is tricky to say the least. Universally speaking, most churches have faced unprecedented physical sickness, psychological trauma, and spiritual fallout over the past year. There isn't a perfect solution to each of these problems. Anyone who says differently is either lying or very foolish. Aside from the actual dangers of COVID, and we can argue later about the real depth of the physical risks, a spiritual danger is lurking that I call COVID carnality. That's what we're going to be talking about today. 60-second commercial break, and we'll be right back. Before we get into COVID carnality, I want to look at the top 10 articles of 2020 from the blog, RyanAFrench.com. Thank you for everyone who reads that on a regular basis, and thank you for being here now for the actual voice side of Apostolic Voice at the podcast. Every year, it's become a tradition for me to post at the beginning of the year uh, the top trending articles from the previous year. This year, as I was looking through it, just a few days ago, I, I was surprised. Several sleeper articles made a surge last year, and then several staple articles like Should We Dress Our Best for Church held steady as they always do. Statistically speaking, 2020 was Apostolic Voice's most dynamic year yet. Uh, that really surprised me. It, it probably shouldn't have because uh, there was a lot of quarantine time for people last year, and uh, and so I think people had a little more time to read and listen and things of that nature. So, but I am very humbled as always that that you would read and share my sincere rantings, beliefs, opinions, and thoughts. And and now for listening, thank you very very much. If you go to the article with the top ten articles, you can look if you're interested at all. There's a little picture graphic there, and it shows in red and kind of pinkish all the different areas of the globe that apostolic voice has reached into. It's very startling. There's only uh, one or two little places where it hasn't reached. It looks like one of them, I think, is, uh, oh, I don't want to say what that is. Maybe that's Iceland, <laughs> but uh, you can look at that and correct me if you want to. Uh, very startling, and uh, I never intended for the blog to have the kind of readership it has. In fact, uh, originally, I I intended the blog to be for my church. I just thought I'd write about things that might would be a blessing to the saints in my congregation. Uh, originally, I thought, well, there are questions that I receive all the time from people, and rather than answer those questions over and over and over again or write about them separately for people all the time, I could write them, post them on the blog, and then direct people to the answers when they bring the questions to me. 
ironically, I don't think very many people in my local church actually read the blog. Uh, it's gone way beyond my local church, and I'm I'm just very, very grateful for that. I enjoy writing, and we've been a little bit more prolific this year. You've probably seen some of the updates at the website. We've tried to make it a little more user-friendly. We've tried to make the search engine a little better now that there are so many articles there and people trying to find old articles and also see new articles. We've, we've done a lot of refreshing, and I hope you've noticed that. I hope it's been helpful to you. So let me just give you a quick list of the top 10 articles in no particular order. Number one, six dating standards for apostolic singles. That one has surprised me over the last few years how well it's done. Uh, it trends very, very, very high and uh, gets a lot of shares. So thank you for reading Six Dating Standards for Apostolic Singles. One that I was very glad to see in the top 10 is the article, Should Christians Dye Their Hair? Of course, we did a podcast about that uh, several, several weeks back. I wrote that article originally with my friend, Pastor Joe Campitella, one of the great evangelists who has now become a pastor and doing a great work in Florida. This article uh, it has been controversial for some, but it's generated a lot of interest, and uh, I appreciate everyone reading that. Uh, an article that's very near and dear to my heart is Four Problems Preachers' Kids Face. As someone who is a PK, I've always had a heart for PKs. I've been blessed to have lots of opportunities to speak at PK retreats and things of that nature, and, uh, and having two kids myself, who I love very deeply, uh, this article was was near to my heart. I, I give you a little glimpse into the future. I'm looking forward to sitting down with Talmadge and Julia, my kids. Julia is 13 years old now. Talmadge is 10, going on 11. And uh, I plan to sit down with them and record a podcast based off this article with them. And that should be a lot of fun. So keep that in mind. Uh, an article that's been at the top for a long time, the Myth of Once Saved, Always Saved, Debunking False Doctrines. This is exactly what I mentioned earlier. It's one of those articles that uh, I wrote in response to literally dozens of questions that I received from people in my church about the doctrine of once saved, always saved. I pastor here in the Atlanta area. This is a predominantly Baptist area, a lot of Calvinistic thinking around here, and People are, are regularly wondering, what's the deal with once saved, always saved? Why do people believe it? What do we believe about it? And I wrote this article in response to that. I think it resonated with a lot of people for that same reason. Uh, the next article on the list was, uh, Been Hurt by a Pastor, Eight Reasons You Should Stop Talking About It, a little tongue-in-cheek title there uh, that I wrote, uh, not, not to minimize the hurt that people have had from spiritual leadership or pastors in particular, but I wrote about it really sympathetically towards people who have been hurt, but also with the understanding that if you dwell on hurt or if you uh, promote the feelings of hurt in your own heart and in people around you, you eventually destroy yourself. You don't hurt the pastor who hurt you, you hurt yourself, and God hasn't called us to do that. So that's a great article, and I'm glad lots of people have have read that one. Next on the list was 10 Signs You Might Be Guilty of Self-Idolatry. Self-idolatry is something the Lord has uh, really dealt with me about over the years, and I decided to write a quick article about it. 
I'm glad people have been reading that one. Here's one that surprises me every time. The article, 14 Pastoral Leadership Styles and Personalities. It's a two-part article. Uh, Both of them trend on a regular basis. In fact, I'm working right now on an algorithm trying to make it to where pastors or individuals could go in and put their personality into an algorithm and find out which leadership style they have. I look forward to being able to launch that on the website very, very soon. Uh, I really didn't think this article would do very well. It, it should have you know, a really small uh, demographic of people who'd be interested in this article, but I think pastors and saints have found it interesting. It was really more of a passion piece for me. I just enjoyed writing about it. Didn't really expect anyone to read it, but it's uh, it's been in the top 10 for quite a while. Uh, here's one that I really love. It was It was originally posted as a Facebook post by Pastor Brian Labatt from Illinois. And uh, I saw his post. It was so good that I reached out to him on Facebook and said, hey, can I can I turn your post into an article for Apostolic Voice? And he was so gracious in allowing me to do that. And uh, I, I entitled it, Feeling Disconnected from Your Church? Question mark. Think about this. And Pastor Brian Labatt is always chalked full of great wisdom and insightful comments. You should go follow him on Facebook. Again, that's Brian Labatt. His article trended extremely well last year. It's a very helpful article for people who might feel disconnected from their church. And I think because of the pandemic in 2020, so many people felt disconnected from their church for so many different obvious reasons that this article really was helpful for people. So I highly recommend it. And again, I want to thank Pastor Labatt for allowing me to turn that into an article. Uh, And then, as always, the last two trending articles at Apostolic Voice were, Should We Dress Our Best for Church? The original article, which always, to my astonishment, it just continues to go crazy. And then my follow-up article to that, my response to the critics, Should We Dress Our Best for Church? That is also in the top 10 as well. Uh, It generates all kinds of positive and negative emotions from people, gets people's blood going. But um, again, thank you for reading and thank you for sharing the top 10 articles at Apostolic Voice. All right, so today's episode is based off the article at RyanAFrench.com called COVID Carnality, The Cause and the Cure. Right now, I want to look at the cause and effect of COVID carnality. For some, COVID revealed hidden pockets of pre-COVID spiritual sicknesses. For others, the tragic spiritual side effects of COVID weakened them spiritually or worse, and now they're struggling with sinful symptoms and conditions they would not have encountered otherwise. Joblessness, fear, uncertainty, lack of vibrant community, limited fellowship opportunities, stifled church gatherings, inhibited worship, canceled conferences and meetings, in personal online worship, and adjusted service schedules continue to take a spiritual toll on us all. I certainly hoped writing about COVID, talking about COVID, thinking about COVID in this new year would be unnecessary. I know we all prayed we wouldn't be dealing with yet another wave of COVID. 
and uh, and and I I know that there's there's kind of a weariness even even this episode you're probably thinking as you listen I'm just weary of thinking about this but as someone who's walked personally with many individuals through COVID I've learned that almost nothing about the virus makes sense I've known of perfectly healthy people dying and tremendously unhealthy people surviving the virus. COVID is a death sentence for some people, and for others, it's little more than the seasonal flu. I don't say this to stoke fear, but instead, as a reminder that circumstances force spiritual leaders on the ground to make big-picture decisions armed with more information than Monday morning quarterbacks. With that in mind, I sense and feel a renewed need to lift pastors' hands and support them in their decisions. Many pastors have made decisions that differed from what I considered best for my local church, but I firmly believe they're striving diligently to do what is right in their local context. Even in rare situations where pastors made decisions that in hindsight turned out to be imperfect, I give them grace for all kinds of reasons. One, often the facts, and I say that with air quotes, they had were convoluted at best. Two, Grace is a vital part of the Christian faith. Three, I believe their motives were pure. Four, we need unity right now more than ever before. And five, circumstances change in this environment so quickly that yesterday's right decision becomes tomorrow's wrong decision. Saints who abandon or attack their pastor from within during this season are a disgrace to the kingdom of God. Truth-preaching pastors who attack other truth-preaching pastors' COVID-related leadership during this season are foolish, unwise, and ungodly. Those statements might sound harsh, but the truth always sounds offensive to ears suffering from COVID carnality. I realize carnality isn't a new problem, but covert and overt carnality has exponentially increased over the past year. Studies show that addictions of all kinds, pornography, rated M Netflix viewing, domestic disturbances, child abuse, molestations, harmful self-medicating, and more are at all-time highs. My own experiences reveal that unusual levels of carnality are running rampant, even within apostolic churches. People who are usually wise are making foolish decisions. Strange sins of perversion are on the rise. Out-of-character attitude issues are being manifested outwardly in the lives of saints. And it's often difficult to tell, very difficult to tell, if these problems are just being exacerbated by COVID or as a direct result of COVID-induced carnality. In other words, is COVID the cause or the great revealer of carnality? Likely we'll never really know for sure, but I believe it's a blend of both depending on the situation. Now, I realize that just recognizing COVID carnality is hardly helpful. However, the sickness must be diagnosed before the cure can be prescribed. Now that we've identified and I've pinpointed the spiritual virus, we can talk about solutions. For example, while prayer gatherings are essential, COVID is revealing the private prayerlessness of saints. Anemic personal prayer lives left the door wide open for COVID carnality. Far too many saints were utterly dependent on corporate prayer gatherings. They barely made it from prayer meeting to prayer meeting, and they had no real prayer times between corporate gatherings. Even worse, while in those church prayer meetings, 
they were mooching off the anointing of a handful of godly prayer warriors in their midst, meaning they didn't know how to touch God for themselves, so they needed others to usher in the anointing on their behalf. The solution is simple, yet profound at the same time. Our churches need a revival of private prayer closets. I firmly believe and have always believed in the gathering together of the church for prayer, worship, and the word. But the assembling of the saints is not a substitute for personal spiritual disciplines. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13, Jesus teaches about prayer during his famous Sermon on the Mount. He instructs us not to imitate the hypocrites' prayer lives. He said this in verse 6, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Jesus wasn't telling us that we should never pray together, and he certainly wasn't telling us we should never pray in public. But he was stressing the importance of private prayer that isn't contrived or fake. The hypocritical Pharisees loved public prayer, but shunned private prayer. Their reward wasn't the blessings of God, but the accolades of men. Jesus continued on in verse 6 by saying, When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Private prayer has public results. Again, We have tons of Bible mandating corporate prayer, but Jesus carefully taught us that corporate prayer must be an extension of our secret prayer lives. While giving us an example of how to pray, Jesus said, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, and lead us or bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do you see it? Our private prayers should invite God to deliver us and guide us away from temptation. Consistent personal prayer is a vital component in the vaccine against COVID carnality. If we have a vibrant private prayer life, we will be directed away from temptation and will be pulled away from carnality because of our intimate relationship with God. Now, we have to add to our prayer life. And, uh, and I want to look at a long passage of Scripture here from 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to look at verses 2 through 9. Again, this is the Amplified Bible. And this gives us all of the additives or the added ingredients that we need in the vaccine against carnality. Here's what the Apostle Peter said. May grace, God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full personal, precise, and correct knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed upon us all things that are requisite and suited to life and godliness through the full personal knowledge of him who called us by and to his own glory and excellence. By means of these, he has bestowed on us his precious and exceedingly great promises, so that through them you may escape by flight from the moral decay, rottenness, and corruption that is in the world because of covetousness, lust, and greed, and become sharers or partakers of the divine nature. For this very reason, here we are, we're adding now, for this very reason, adding your diligence 
to the divine promises. Employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue, excellence, resolution, Christian energy, and in exercising virtue, develop knowledge, intelligence, and in exercising knowledge, develop self-control, and in exercising self-control, develop steadfastness, patience, endurance, and in exercising steadfastness, develop godliness, piety, and in exercising godliness, develop brotherly affection, and in exercising brotherly affection, develop Christian love. For as these qualities are yours and increasingly abound in you, they will keep you from being idle or unfruitful unto the full personal knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind spiritually, short-sighted, seeing only what is near to him, and has become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. I'm sipping on a delightful Diet Dr. Pepper, another official, unofficial, non-paying sponsor of this podcast. If you'd like to become an official paying sponsor of this program, you can visit anchor.fm forward slash apostolic voice forward slash support and give 99 cents a month. You'll have the epic gift of my deep gratitude and the satisfaction that you've made the devil very mad. And that's always a good feeling. Consider giving this podcast a five-star rating and review on iTunes. I'm not asking you to do that for my own narcissistic pleasure. Every review on iTunes raises us in the search engine algorithms, making it easier for apostolic voice to be found in search engines. Tell your friends about us and give us a share on your favorite social media platform, but most importantly, pray. Pray for us. That's by far the most important thing you can do. As always, thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless. Now, I know that was a lot to take in, a long reading, but I hope you paid attention to that entire passage because it gives the final additives to spiritual vaccination against COVID carnality. First, the Apostle Peter defines godly peace as the absence of moral conflicts. You cannot have peace without morality. Perfect peace comes from God as a result of godliness. The divine power of God comes through the correct knowledge of Jesus. Understanding who God is and knowing Him invites His favor and power into our lives. And we can't know God without faith. We certainly can't please God without faith. We know God through faith, and He gives us all the things we need to serve Him properly. Remembering the promises of God is crucial to maintaining faith, which is the opposite of carnality. The ultimate promise of God, and of course we have We have dozens and hundreds, maybe even thousands of promises from his word. But the ultimate promise is that we will be with the Lord in heaven for eternity. When we sincerely long for that promise, it takes our affections off the things of this world. The knowledge of God and his promises are achieved through prayer, which we've already talked about. But we add to prayer Bible study and spiritual discipline. Remembering the promises of God through spiritual disciplines and faith helps us escape the moral decay of this world. The Apostle Peter implores us to diligently remember these promises from God, and they increase our faith. 
Then Peter goes on to list the final additives to the ingredients of spiritual vaccination. Add to your faith, and that's the King James vernacular, add to your faith virtue or moral excellence. This brings peace. Add to virtue knowledge, specifically of good and evil. Now, the only way that we are able to discern right from wrong and good from evil is through the lens of God's Word. Without God's Word, we're like ships with a sail that are just kind of tossed with the wind. But when we set our sails with the Word of God, we're constantly moving in a godly direction. We're able to discern right from wrong. We can only do this through knowledge, specifically through the knowledge of the Word of God. If we're anemic in the Word of God, if our Bible reading, our Bible study, and our prayer life is weak, then we're going to be susceptible to every wind of false doctrine. We're going to be susceptible to discouragement. We're going to be open to carnality. So we add to virtue knowledge, and then we add to knowledge temperance. That's a good old King James word for self-control. When you have the knowledge, then you have to add to that knowledge the self-control to do what is right. And you add to self-control patience. That's that's steadfast endurance. We might say it's long-suffering. I've often said that long-suffering is the fruit of the Spirit that no one wants because it literally means the ability to suffer for a long time. If there's ever anything that we've needed right right now, it's it's the fruit of the Spirit, long-suffering. We need steadfast endurance, temperance, patience that allows us to go through trials with a godly spirit. Add to patience godliness. Add to godliness brotherly affection. Add to brotherly affection charity. That word charity is literally love in the agape sense. It's a pure love, not a romantic love, but a pure love for one another. As we add these things into our lives, our faith becomes effective and productive. Those who fail to add these things to God's promises diligently are short-sighted and forgetful of their old sins, and they're highly susceptible to COVID carnality and in great danger of falling away from God. Peter closed out this theme, this thought, in verses 10 and 11, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He said this, So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things, and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to just focus in really quick on that first line where he said, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove. For people who tell you that there are no works involved in your faith, there's no work, there's no effort involved in being saved and serving God, they really are not reading their Bible. Peter made it clear, we have to work hard to prove that we are genuinely a part of God's chosen people. And so we do this by adding to our faith, adding to our prayer, all of the things that we just talked about. The vaccination against carnality is a constant process, but it's not something your pastor or anyone else can do for you. To be sure, God designed the church, whatever church you're a part of, God gave you that church to help you and strengthen you in the process of combating carnality. 
But just going to church or having church or being a part of a church is no substitute for personal prayer and diligent faith. Whether or not COVID caused or affected current carnality really matters very little in the grand scheme of things. What matters now is that we vaccinate ourselves from carnality moving forward. God can turn this season into good and usher in great revival if we learn how to serve Him in this season. Perhaps God is preparing the church for victory by sifting the carnal out from among us, much as He did for Gideon at the spring of Herod in Judges chapter 7, verses 1-8. through At that spring, God dwindled Gideon's mighty army of 22,000 men down to about 300 men by separating the fearful and less watchful from the rest. I pray God doesn't have to sift us down that drastically. But either way, let's commit ourselves to fearless faith and a careful posture so we can be a part of the astonishing things God is about to accomplish.